everyone, and welcome back to the From the Sidelines podcast, episode five. Uh, today, as usual, we are joined by who I'm going to call co-host, the wonderful Mr. Scott Allen. How are you doing, Scott? What's up, man? And also today, um, we have got a new guest by the name of Luke Burns. How are you doing, Luke? How are you doing, George? Not too bad. Scott, how are you doing? I'm good, mate. Perfect. So, this week we are going to be reviewing what has definitely been one of the more different weeks in the Premier League over the weekend. There wasn't any Monday night games due to uh, the international break. Um, so, we'll start with Saturday's uh, early kickoff. Uh, for me, a very, very good one. Um, Chelsea 4, Crystal Palace nil. Now, it was a very, very boring first half. Not much happened. We had a lot of the ball. Uh, didn't do much with it. And then in the second half, as soon as the first goal went in, the floodgates just opened. And um, for me, that just I was very, very happy with the way we performed in the second half. I think as soon as the first goal went in again, uh, Crystal Palace knew they had to respond. And their defence, they defended very well in the first half. But after the first goal went in, they knew they had to to try and get something out of the game. And it just didn't work for them. So, uh, Ben Chilwell was the Premier League debut goal um, in the 50th minute. Kurt Zuma scoring again from a corner in the 66th minute. And then two penalties from Jorginho in the 78th and the 82nd minute. Um, Al, Scott, what did you think of the game? Um, I don't, I don't know. Chelsea weren't very good. You know, they're they're back. <laughs> they're three of their most deep lying players scored the goals for them. Let's be honest, their their attackers still aren't chiming in with much. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's definitely something I um, I would agree with. Um, it was the same uh, with the opening game of the season against Brighton when Jorginho, Reese James and Zuma again scored all three of our goals. Luke, what did you think about it? I think Timo Werner needs to go and speak to the defenders after score goals. <laughs> um, generally, I, I think the first half, as you mentioned, I think Chelsea were quite slow. I think when they were... When they were they were trying to move the ball about in decent areas, and then when they got when they lost the ball, Crystal Palace were trying to counter. But you you didn't sort of overcommit. Like you, when you're playing at home, for me, you could you could push the extra man forward and try and commit to get that opening goal. I think the second half, I think Chelsea was able to do that a bit more. All right, Palace had some defensive problems, like with Sacco not clearing the ball clearly for the first goal. But I think Chelsea were overcommitting a few extra players forward. They got the ball in better areas, like they moved the ball a bit quicker. And obviously, they got their just rewards in the second half. And Ben Chilwell, thank you very much for the fantasy points. <laughs> yeah, um, we do like to talk about fantasy points on this show. Um, so, for me, um, in the first half, Palace were very, very organised defensively. Going forward on the counter-attack, I think they had two shots on goal in the first half. And um, before, I think it was in the second half, um, Edward Mendy on his Premier League debut for Chelsea didn't touch the ball with his hands once in the whole of the first half and part of the second half, which probably means your defence is doing something right. No, I just don't think Palace. That first half they they sat in and they were like, "We're not gonna. You've got to break us down here." And 
you know, they didn't get the ball forwards to Zaha nearly as much as they needed to. And it showed when he, he brashly takes out a Chelsea player. I can't remember who it was he took out and he got booked for it. That just showed his frustrations with the day. I, I just don't think Palace did anything to try and get anything out of that game. I think the only thing that I'd mention about with, I mean, Crystal Palace, they, you could see they, they look to hit Chelsea on the counter, but I think, as I mentioned before, like with, with Chelsea, they, I think we're not overcommitting that extra player going forward. I think every single time that Chelsea has lost possession, it was mainly Eze was getting taken out so much. And as you mentioned, like you know, they're not taking, they're not giving Zaha the, the possession he wants in them areas, and Palace just weren't able to sort of get in areas where they could hurt Chelsea in the first half. So yeah, I, you know. I think it was just a bit, bit too comfortable for Chelsea. Even at 0-0, it, looked, yeah. it didn't look like Palace were going to hurt them at all. So, it's one, it's, one, it's one of them games where Chelsea have to win the game, really. Yeah. And they did. Yeah, for me, as a Chelsea fan, obviously, I was very, very happy with the result watching the game. Well, you're not going to be upset, are you? No, of course <laughs> not. Um, <laughs> but going into the game, obviously, there was that after the West Brom game, there was definitely that. I was a little bit worried that we'd go one nil down early on and that we'd have to fight back into the game. And looking back, I think Palace had a very early chance in the first 10, 15 minutes. And I thought, watching it in real time, I was thankful they didn't take it. And then obviously, as as, um, we grew into the first half, as you said, Luke, um, we didn't overcommit in the attack. And that helped us when Palace counter-attacked. But in a sense, you also want that extra man going forward to try and break the deadlock. Um, but Crystal Palace, um, they've had a very odd start to the season. Probably, probably about right for them, I should say, not odd. Um, what do you think about that, Luke? About Palace? Um, you- with Crystal Palace, in, I mean, especially with a Roy Hodgson team, you know what you're going to expect there. They're very well organised. They, you know, they. You can see when they go away from home against you know the bigger teams, they they will hit teams on the break. They've got pace with Zaha, Townsend, Eze. You know, they've they've got that attacking threat going forward on the counter. But you know what you're going to expect under a Roy Hodgson. So, to be honest, I'm. I think it's sort of what we're expecting right now Crystal Palace where they are on the table I don't think they're going to be in any major problems this season I think as high as maybe what just under a mid-table finish I think you're going to expect of them but they're always one of those teams you don't really want to come up against like if you you really need a result and you think oh Crystal Palace I, you don't really want to play them especially when you're playing them at Sellers Park but it, it, for me you just get an organisation of a Crystal Palace Roy Hodgson team Scott what do you think about Palace? I don't know. I, I, I can't. I think they could be in trouble. They, if if they can't get the ball into the wide areas, they've got nothing. You know, McCarthy and McCarthy are great midfielders, but they're good, good midfielders to sit in and just mop up the ball at the edge of the box. But they, they don't bring it forward very well, do they? So I don't know. I think they could be in trouble. Yeah, they could be, but I do think um, if they do start to use um, the space out wide, if they get the ball out to Townsend, to Eze, to, to mainly Zaha, who's really their main man at the moment, um, 
they, 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 I think they'll be, I think, I think they'll do what they do normally, or like the thirteenth, fourteenth. I mean, apart, finish. I was just looking at the last four games. Apart from the Chelsea game at the weekend, the first game of the season, they beat Southampton one nil, which was, you know, quite a sort of tight game. But again, they, they like a narrow win at home, and that's just goes for me goes down to the organisation. Then they played Man United, well, Man United away sorry, the first game, and again, like it's just sitting on the counter. The second game they played Southampton, sorry. And like their uh, latest home game was they lost two one at home to Everton, and we obviously know Everton have been superb this season. So to play Man United, Everton, and Chelsea open within their four games, it's been quite tough. To pick up six points. I know it's only not based on four games, but they've started off really well. And I, I, I disagree. I don't think they're going to be in any major trouble this year. But you know, that's obviously your opinion, Scott. You feel that they're going to be in some sort of trouble. I'm not saying that they're going to be. In the dogfight, I'm just saying I don't think they they'll be above the relegation zone by much, and I think they they could find themselves in a bit of a hole. But I do think that they've got the quality to get out of it. I just don't think it's going to be plain sailing for them. Yeah, yeah. As we know, Palace over the last few years haven't really pushed for much of a a top ten finish. They haven't really been in any trouble. They're sort of a team that they're happy to to sit twelfth. 13, 14th every season and just do what they do, I guess. Um, for Chelsea, I think we've had a very, very inconsistent start. Um, against West Brom, we saw the best and the very, very worst of of our team against um, Liverpool. Obviously, we went down to 10 men uh, and we still managed to defend only concede two goals against, obviously, one of the better teams in the world. And that's a win for you. Yeah. No, no. For, for me, Villa have just turned them over seven two, and that's a win for you. Only conceding two goals. Yeah. And, and Villa have just tur- Villa have just turned them over seven two. Leeds also scored three against them, but that's a win for you. Liverpool to only conceded two. Come on. Liverpool conceded the second most amount of league goals this season behind West Brom. You know, like for me, obviously we'll talk about Liverpool later on with you, George. Yeah, but yeah, you know, it's uh, that's an opportunity missed for Chelsea now. Yeah, it's an opportunity yeah. Now, missed. now looking at it, but. We were down to ten men. Obviously, I'm not. I'm not one to make excuses. You weren't. You weren't in the game before that. I know. Really. I know. Um, so neither, did, team, did... neither team were really in the game. But obviously, we spoke about that last time out. I think, and um, obviously, first game we beat Brighton three-one. Obviously, with very odd goal scorers, as we saw against Crystal Palace. But yeah, I think. If we can keep a streak going for a few games, maybe five to between five and ten games, just go undefeated. But we might, we, we we might pick up a bit of consistency and form from that. So, uh, moving on, uh, we'll move on to Everton for Brighton too. And can I just say, Everton, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Rodriguez—they're just on fire at the moment. Uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin opened the goal scoring goal, goal opened the scoring sorry in the 16th minute Yeri Mina scored a late first half goal in the 45th or 47th minute and then James Rodriguez scored in the 52nd and the 70th minute to um to make it four Mope equalized for Brighton in the 41st minute and Bissouma scored a very very late goal in the 92nd minute um, 
to make it 4-2. Um, Everton have had a very, very, very good start. Um, I can, I, um, for me to say, I was expecting, with the signings they've made, with Ducore, Alan and James Rodriguez, I I was expecting them to do a lot better than they did last season. Obviously, last season was shocking for them. But I was not expecting them to do as well as they have been doing, scoring loads of goals everywhere they've been going. Um, so, Scott, what, what, what do you think of Everton at the moment? Obviously, Everton have had a very, very good start. They've, they're four from four. But the teams they've beaten, bar Spurs, are all games Everton would win anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think... You know they haven't they haven't had a test. They they played they played Spurs first game of the season. It didn't look like Spurs had hit the ground running yet, and now Spurs have. So I don't know if that game is played again. to Everton win? I'm not sure. It would be a tough and I think I, I think I think I think people are jumping on the Everton bandwagon a little bit, thinking they're going to get. I don't think they're going to get the top four at all. I don't. I think maybe they could push the top six, but even then. If they if they fall if they finish seventh, I don't think I'd be surprised that them finish seventh. Luke, what do you think about Everton? Obviously, being a Liverpool fan, do you know what? Like, you can't deny the fact that the start they've had, and I, I see what Scott's saying. You know, you they've played the four games apart from Spurs. Spurs were not, you know, they they've had a that very first game. You could see there was a problem there, and I think recently, you know, Mourinho the last couple of weeks has fixed it there, but. You know, they've beaten West Brom, they've beaten Brighton, they've beaten Crystal Palace. They're games you, yeah, you expect Everton to get a result. Um, the signings have definitely made a huge impact there, like Rodriguez, especially proven winner. Um, Alan, for me, I liked him when he was at Napoli. And Ducore was always highly rated at Watford as well. It For me, it does go down to the manager as well. Like Ancelotti has just installed this massive belief in the Everton team. Like, compared to the last managers that they've had, you know, I... It doesn't matter how much money they've spent. Like they've spent big money on Richarlison. They've spent big money on Sigurdsson. Yeah, but he's turned their negative football into yeah. to positive football. Just, that, I, and Everton have played negative football for about five years. Yeah, but I, I do I do feel that, you know, I, as you said, I feel the manager's come in and he's obviously installed that a lot of belief. There's players like Calvert-Lewin and, you know, they spent big money on Yerry Mina last year and he hardly done nothing last year, even though he had a few injuries. But when he played, he hardly done anything. Now he looks like, a very, very good centre-back and he's going to be a very, very tough play, player to play against. But I feel that that has a lot to do with it. The manager, we've seen how much money United have spent and for me, their manager's not good enough. I know there's problems behind the scenes, but if you've got a manager there that can give you that extra bit of belief, you know, the players will be a lot better as as it goes along. Oh, don't get me wrong. I totally agree with you. I just think everyone's Two rights in their praises. They're unbeaten. But, you know, are they going to be unbeaten when they come up against Liverpool, when they play City, when they play Chelsea? You know, that's when that's when we that's when you can start to rate them. Yeah. And that's their next game is after the international break, the next game's at home to Liverpool. I know Liverpool obviously come And Liverpool have just lost seven two. So Liverpool that, gonna have to win that yeah, game. Yeah, it's one of them it's one of them two. It's like are Liverpool gonna do the exact same or similar thing? Or are they just going to come out and the next team that Liverpool play against is going to be the worst team for that? You know, are they going to be in that sort of, you know, section where Liverpool are just going to absolutely turn up? The last three, four games at Goodison Park have been abysmal. 
But I yeah. think this game is going to be a very, very good game. And I, we'll see whatever and I like. Can they challenge for that, as you say, top six, top four area? For me, Everton are a side um, base. If you're basing it off last season, maybe you don't expect them to go to Palace and pick up a win. Maybe you only expect them to get a draw or possibly even lose. But now, looking at the Everton team, they've got a very, very organised team. They've got a very organised manager who knows what it's like to, to even win the Premier League. He's been there, he's won it, he's, he's worn the T-shirt. And it's now a fact of can they keep their consistent run going? Even if they draw a few games, if they lose to Liverpool, that's not going to be a massive punch in the face for them. That's not going to deplete their, their confidence because... Obviously, yes, Liverpool have just come off a massive defeat, but after, after all, they they just Liverpool have just won the league by eighteen points. So you've got to look at that and think they've lost. They, no, but they right. didn't lose the league. They didn't lose the league to Everton. Obviously you, not. But the, what I'm trying but to the, say, but that's what I'm saying. I think people need to manage the expectations of Everton a little bit. I think yes, they're fourth from fourth. Very good start. But, you know, how many points were they off Liverpool last year? That's They've got other gaps to fill first. You could have before... doubled Everton's points last season and they still would have finished below Liverpool. So, it... and, and that's what I'm saying. So, they've got other gaps and other targets they need to be focusing on before they start shouting about top four. And, you know, you've got to get in the top ten. You've got to get into the top seven first. Yeah, definitely. And as I was saying, if they keep that consistency, then I think Everton will will be challenging maybe European football this season. Um, for Brighton, it's been a mixed start. Obviously, they've played very, very well in the games that they have played. They've picked up one win in four games, right? Yeah, but... Couldn't have been unlucky. Yeah. No, I, 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 I agree. I agree. But I think there's loads of teams that do that. Norwich did it at the beginning of last season. You know, they, they played very well and they were unlucky to get beaten. But, you know, Brighton need to find a way to win games now. Yeah, I think that's the difference. I think with the Premier League, it's like it's... When you... I mean, we had this discussion before a few days ago. When you're when you, when you, when you're when you're a team in the Championship, for example, like you you know you can have chances in games and you yes. miss them. You're going to get another chance. You know that. When you're playing the Premier League, you know that you might not even get more than one chance. And you've got to take yes. those chances and you've got to defend a lot better as a team to get out of the result. And... You know that it it just clearly shows with Brighton. Yes, they are playing some good football, but if you don't put the ball in the back of the net, you're going to get punished. So it's. I I agree. Start. I think I I am I'm, I'm a big admirer of the football that Brighton have been playing this season, but at the same time, pretty football and relegation isn't. You know, you're not going to be remembered. Yeah. For getting relegated, playing pretty football. Totally agree. It's at 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 a certain point. The result comes first. The result always comes first. It's like, yeah, you yeah. know, it, it, who, I, I don't care if you play long ball every week. Like, if you get three points, you get three points. You win one nil every week, you win the league. It's simple as. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think Brighton will win the league. No, but it's not. like, that's that's what Brighton really needs to sort of consider, just getting the result first of all before they the attractiveness of football. Yeah, what, what I would like to add is, obviously, Scott, you said about Everton, who have they played so far other than Spurs? I want to say the similar a similar thing to Brighton. No, don't get me wrong. Brighton have had very tough fixtures, but 
you know, in each of those games, they've had the chance to win the game or get a point from the game. And in three of the four, they 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 failed to do that. You know, and it doesn't. I don't think the opposition matters. It doesn't matter who you play because if you have the chance to win the game, that's down to you as a team, and you haven't taken it. Yeah, yeah, I do, I do agree that, with that. But with, with the games that Brighton have played, they played Chelsea in the first game, um, and and they, they had, could have won the they game. They could have won the game. I, I was about to say that they had, um, they had in the first half majority of the ball. They had a lot of chances to take against Chelsea, but obviously in the end, um, I want to say quality was shown. Uh, obviously, Chelsea know. Obviously, if you look at last season, finish top four, they know what how to finish a game off. Brighton are still sort of learning, I, I think. They played Man United uh, with the the, uh, the penalty right at the end, which we spoke about last week. And uh, obviously, they played Everton, who are on a very good run at the moment. So, I'm just looking at Everton's next six games. They've got Liverpool at home, Southampton away, Newcastle away. They've got Manchester United at home. And then they've got the tough game away at Fulham. And in the last game, they've got um, Leeds at home. So I'm looking at them six games. If they can pick up 12 points minimum, then you would probably say Hang on a maybe minute. they've got a chance yeah. to push into that sort of area like top four, top six. You know, when they play Liverpool and they play Man United, Yeah, but then they still, haven't, they still haven't played other teams like Arsenal. Yeah, they, they'll have to know. play them. But I'm looking at like the next three home games they've got at home especially. They've got Liverpool, Man United and Leeds. I mean, they are going to be very, very tough home games for them. Yeah. So yeah. it's like let's see what your bottle is at home because they're not Goodison Park's not the place it used to be. You know, ten years ago when Liverpool played. Oh, I don't know. Fulham home. haven't had a win there in about forty years. So well, I mean, fortunately, I, fortunately, I'm not. I'm not looking forward to going. You're at home against them, so you know there's a bit more. Sort of could be a bit easier for you then. Yeah. No, because I, I I genuinely agree that home. I think home advantage is gone, and that's that's proven especially, by some of the results that we've seen. Especially now with no fans. It, exactly. Yeah, so home advantage, I think, means shit. Yep. Fully agree. But yeah. Um. Speaking of Leeds, we'll move on to the next game. Obviously, Scott. We we know you're we you're not. I'm just gonna fall asleep. I'll let you. Look. <laughs> <laughs> we know you really don't like Leeds from the last few episodes. Um. They were at home to Man, Man City on Saturday and they um, they got a, a result. They got a one-all result. And if I was a Leeds fan, I would be over the moon, but I'm not a Leeds fan because why would I want to support Leeds? Um, so Raheem Sterling um, got an early 17th-minute goal to put City in the league. I think... In the lead, sorry. I think... Theron- I was so happy. <laughs> I was so happy. It only took seven minutes. 17. For, 17. Oh, 17. It took 17 minutes for Man City to score. And I was like, yeah, come on. It's going to be a good game. And, <laughs> um, I don't know what happened. Ferran Torres, I believe, on his Premier League debut for City, uh, getting an assist there. So, hopefully, obviously, I thought he was quite good at Valencia. So, um, hopefully, he can get um, a few more assists or goals, even, for his sake. Um, and a, a former Valencia teammate of his, Equalised in the 59th minute, uh, Rodrigo, um, with his first goal for Leeds in the Premier League. Um, just want to say, I know you're not gonna like this, Scott, but what a start for Leeds in the league so far. They've 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 shown everyone that they can do it in the top league. Then that that even though maybe in the last few seasons where they've bottled it trying to get promoted 
back into the prem they've shown that once they once they have gotten there they 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 they're performing week in week out from from the first four games um i think they have made a few good signings obviously 13 13 good signings but they they they're not all good signings not all good. we haven't on. seen all of them obviously come on but some of them have been proven that they they they're going to be good for them um, I like know, I don't know what you think about obviously the game. like no 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 like well they've you can't what, make a statement like that and then not say who look so at, tell look me at obviously who scored at the weekend Rodrigo I think obviously so he scored far, one he's, goal he's only scored all right he only scored four he's, he scored four last year so he's got three left in him <laughs> yeah um but well, Fulham. <laughs> Over over the over the season, I think he's going to. Excuse me, he's got the same amount of Premier League goals this season as Bobby Deckard over Reed. So that is true. That is true. Um, but yeah, hopefully, obviously, I don't like Leeds at all. But hopefully, um, for Rodrigo's sake, he can score more than four goals this season. Um, players, no, let's hope he doesn't. Okay, Scott doesn't hope he doesn't. Luke, what what do you think about Leeds? Um, but... You, you know, we all know what we're going to expect of Leeds. The, the old style, seventeen eight, like you know, that sort of football. I think the old has brought in that dirt, that roughness, that dirtiness of football. Do you know that the Rodrigo's a, a good profile signing for them over the years at Valencia. The last couple of years, he's obviously been a very good striker for them. If he's worth the twenty-seven million that they paid for him, I don't know. But obviously, we you can only tell maybe when he's had at least a full season. For me, I think one of their main signings this season has been Hilda Costa. I think he's been very, very good. I don't know why. Maybe Wolves have got. I mean, Wolves have got some good attacking options, but for me, I think I think Leeds had an obligation to buy if they went up. Yeah, yeah like, that, that's what. I, yeah, I think I didn't. I, obviously, I didn't know because that contract side of it. But you know, I think that's a massive signing for them to, you know, to have him there. Um, I think Jack Harrison's. A I was just going to say Jack Harrison's been a brilliant signing. The goal he scored against Liverpool was brilliant. Um, I think overall, I think his general game is a very, very good one for, for Leeds. Um, yeah, I, I'm not surprised with, you know, they're going to be one of those teams like, I'm, like a Palace. Kind of, like, like, uh, yeah, you're right there, Scott. We're talking about, <laughs> we're talking about Leeds and you're barking at me. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think Leeds are one of those teams that they're going to be, again, horrible to play against this year. Like, like as we mentioned about maybe Palace, but you don't really want to come against them. But seven points in four games. They've played Man City. They've played Liverpool. No, listen, I, I, I agree. I, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be totally real on things now. I'm not just going to sit here and hate. Um, they've had a very good start. I, I agree. And they've played some tough oppositions and they've got, what, seven points from four games. Leeds are a team that will bottle it at some point. They do it, all, they do it every year. They they start very well. They have an absolute car crash of a month, you know, and then they pick it up again. But no one's foreseeing this, and it's it's happened year and year and year, no matter what manager they've had. And I think people just they need to realise it's going to happen at some point, and people need to accept it. Yeah, I think. I do, I do, I do. Oh, stop barking at me, Scott. I know you don't like Leeds, but come on. Um, <laughs> um, 
with Leeds, I do think that their form will, their luck will run out eventually. I do think they've been on good form so far, but I can't see them doing this week in, week out again. They stay up for me though. Like I don't think they're going down. I I really like. They might. They might. They might not finish in the top ten. They might not finish like just about like you know what I mean. But for me, I'm looking at generally the squads around them, and I look at the manager as well. And I just think he has done so well with that team. And I'm glad that Leeds have done the right thing in the last couple of years. Yes, they didn't go up after maybe, was it two years he was in the championship with them, was it? But we've seen over the years that Leeds United have just quickly sat managers and gone, right, we don't want you here. It takes, it, and you know as well as me, Scott, the championship is probably the hardest thing to get out of. So for me, to to give that bit of stability to say, right, we're going to give you maybe another year to get out of the league. And... I think he's a, a brilliant manager. They do overhype Leeds a little bit. Of course they do. It's Leeds United. But I, I just, I'm, I'm quite happy that they're back in the league. And I just feel this season they're going to be a, a, a team that's going to be really, really difficult to play against this season. Yeah, definitely. They, they will be um, a team that no one really wants to, if they had the choice, obviously no one's really going to choose Leeds, are they? So, um, for me... I don't think they're going to continue the form that they're in, but they 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 definitely, I do, I do think that they do have a, a very good chance of staying up. Um, Manchester City, on the other hand, um, very poor start on their standards. I think. Um, Scott, what do you think about Man City? I don't know. I've, I've got no words for Man City right now because. I don't know what Pep's doing. Is he is he trying to prove a point? But who's he trying to prove it to? I I just don't understand how a team has capitulated so much. They they look a shadow of what they used to be, and that was only a year and a half ago. Yeah. Um. Was it two seasons? Uh, not last season. The season before they won the domestic treble, and they just looked unbeatable. No one was gonna sort of challenge them. Obviously, Liverpool that season were only finished a point behind Did it. Did finishing that far behind Liverpool really, really just shake the confidence out of that whole team? Possibly. I, Possibly. I, 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 I believe it should have the the opposite effect. They're, they're, they're too nice to each other, aren't they? Like Klopp and Guardiola. You know, when it comes to like the... You remember back in the old days of like Fergie and Wenger and Mourinho and... Yeah, you don't get Premier League like, rivalries anymore. Like, yeah, like, there's not that. I think Liverpool, Man City, of, of the last couple of years has rivalry, but there's not that. Like, I, I want, I want Guardiola. But that's only it's Paul. only on the pitch. Yeah, like, but it, it's I mean, only on the yeah. pitch. And when I talk about Premier League rivalries, you talk about Liverpool and United from back in the day. Because let's be honest, even that's not it, it's not, not a, as much a as Premier League. Then, no. no. But that, like goes down, that, that goes down to, you know, obviously the, the quality of the two teams right now, compare, compare the quality of the two teams. But also, like, just going back to what I was mentioning, like, with the, you, that that bit of, not to say banter, but, like, it, it's, like, behind the scenes, like, the managers are getting onto each other, the mind games, and, you know, you don't get that no more. And I think Guardiola has to start playing that he's too nice. Like, and I, I agree with you. I do think that losing the league to 18 points from Liverpool it's really shaped their confidence a little bit. I've had a, yeah, but, the, but surely it should have the, the opposite effect. You're like, no, no. I do see where, so, I do see where you're coming, Scott, yeah. 
I'm a coach, and if my players didn't have direction, I'd be absolutely furious. I'd be like, "Come on, guys, you can't can't lose it by that much, and then still go draw it." Now we're still we're still big boys around here, and then play like that. Do you know what I mean? I know the league was already done, but then beating them four nil, and then you think like, okay, like. We've just beaten Liverpool 4 0. They've already won the league, fair enough. But we've had a blip. Surely, like, we had a blip, so we're going to go and prove to them that it was only a blip. Exactly. And then next season, we're going to come back strong and then we're going to win our opening five to ten games and whatever, and then just show we're back and we're going to be fighting for the league. But none of that from Pep Guardiola's team. And I'm so shocked. I, did, I didn't realise, I, honestly, I had, I had no idea how important Sergio Aguero is to that team. I didn't. Oh. You know, I, I, I love Sergio Aguero. I think he's a fantastic footballer and I knew he was important to Man City. But I didn't realise he was that important. Yeah, but most, they, most they can't play without him. Old Jesus scoring in the 3-0 games and he's scoring the third goal. Like, for, for, for me, but he's injured as well. They don't have a striker. Yeah, I, I, they've been playing Mahrez up front for the last few games. I think even when Jesus plays, they're playing with 10 men. I, I, I don't... I, I don't <laughs> oh, I, I, yeah, I do agree. I, agree with oh, I play him over Firmino any day. Of course, like we're gonna have this debate about Firmino and that. We'll, 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 we'll talk about this later but when we get to. I, I'm going with your point of Aguero. By far, he's been the best striker in the Premier League over nearly five to ten years. Yeah, and he's yeah. so important to that team. He 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 contributes well when he plays. I think he... I think the influence of David Silva has been massively understated as well. Look, there's no leaders in that team anymore. Yeah. With with, you know? with with David Silva and Aguero over the last few seasons, where Man City have sort of dominated. Um, they, they, them two would probably contribute about sixty, seventy percent of the team's goals, and that that that's why they won the league um, three seasons ago by a considerable amount, not as much as what Liverpool did last season, but that's why they won it. I think they, I think they won the league. Was it was, was it nineteen ten... points or something? Yeah, United? something like that. like that. But the one thing. Oh, I thought was... I thought you were referencing the Liverpool, like. No, no, no. I'm, saying, right, I'm right. sure that was a lot closer than that. Yeah, no. We, 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 uh, two seasons ago... Um, when United six, finished second. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, when United finished second. But we, when Liverpool finished second, it was only a point. Yeah. So, and it came down to the last game of the season. But, you know, it, it sounds stupid, but how, like, even... You know when Aguero scores a goal at, at Man City and mm. that uh, the guy that announces it goes, oh, number 10, Sergio Aguero. Yeah. Like, it's... Like, it sounds stupid, but they know how important he is to that team. Like, they wouldn't do that for Jesus, or they wouldn't do that to, um, like, if Ferentino Torres, like, let's not mention him, maybe, like, Rodri, for example. Like, they know how important Aguero is to that team. And if he doesn't play, Man City don't tip. Yeah, but I, I don't understand. Aguero is, what, 33 now? 32. Yeah. No, but... So I'm I'm almost there. Yeah, obviously. he's going to turn 33 obviously during this season then. Yeah. So he ain't got long left. They, so they where need is to find a replacement for him and a good one? Yeah, for me no. Um, but yeah, for me City they really need to to get back and they really need to start winning. Games. Don't get me wrong, they'll still finish in the top four. Yeah, I, I, I had they will. Me, I had them but... before the season started. I had them as. Uh, winning the league, but obviously I can't change that now. See, I didn't have them as winning the league. I'm, I just they. I don't know why, but at the moment I can't see them winning the league. But I can see them finishing in the top four, whether that be third or fourth or second. I don't know, but I think they will finish in the top four. But the league looks a bit 
out of their reach at the moment. The only one thing I was just going to mention, uh, sorry, George, I was going to say the one last thing I wanted to mention. If Guardiola doesn't win the league this season, does he get sacked? And what if he then goes to win the Champions League? Yeah, sorry, I was just going to say as well. If he, de- all right, if he wins the league, say he wins the league, it doesn't matter how many points they win it by, but he doesn't win the Champions League, does he get sacked? No, because he's won the league. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd be very, very hard. You, how can you sack a manager that hasn't won the league? How can you sack a manager that's won the league? You, you, Sorry. you do see, like, I mean, I, I agree with you, but you do see managers like, I mean, Chelsea, for example, is it Ancelotti? He came first in his first season, came second and won an FA Cup and then got sacked. Like yeah. yeah, but that, that let's be, let's be oh. let's be honest though. That was during the harsh, harsh Roman Abramovich era. That was yeah, yeah. pre-winning. Yeah, I agree, I mean, yeah. Chelsea yeah. on their success like that, sack managers and still win. But you know, it worked for them. But they, you know, yeah. I, I think he, he's changed the model a little bit. Yeah, um, definitely. I do think Man City they they need to pick up form. They need to they Guardiola needs to really really change change something. Fraudiola, stop spending 400 million on defenders. Yeah, I was about to say that. Um, more money on defenders than Liverpool's like, owners spent on the club. Exactly. Uh, we'll move on to the next game. Um, Newcastle United 3, Burnley 1. Uh, Alan St. Maximum um, scoring the 14th minute. Uh, Westwood scoring in the si- uh, equalising in the 61st. Callum Did anyone Wilson. actually watch this game? Uh, I didn't, but we'll talk about no. it anyway. How boring of a neutral game is that? Newcastle no, versus Burnley. It's finest, that is. Yeah. <laughs> it, was late, it was the late Saturday night kickoff. Everyone was watching it, you know. <laughs> um, Come um, on. That's a prime Wilson. slot as well. Yeah. <laughs> Callum Wilson picking up a double one, being a penalty in the 65th and the 77th minute. Um there's not much to say, really. Newcastle, we know they're probably they're probably going to stay up. No, do you know I think what? they'll I, be down. There. I, I'm not. I'm well, not I convinced by that up. statement that Newcastle will stay up. Let's be fair. They, 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 come on, it's not. No, it's, I, I, I generally think. That, I, I think they've been very lucky. I think if you're watching the the uh, the two teams that are on show, I think Burnley are in a lot of trouble this year. And the yeah. only I think is, Burnley are. I think Burnley are in trouble. But that's what happens when you don't spend money. They spend nothing. I just think that they might not be able to spend the money because they might not have it. If you look at, the, I, I'm just looking at um, teams like Burnley. They live off their revenue. They live off their, you know, ticket money and things like that. Like because Burnley's such a small place. So when they Luke, play, you, they the get game. a TV deal every year, mate. Oh, I get, I do, I understand that they get a TV. So how, how have they got no money? Yeah, but come on, everybody else has spent money. You're telling me they've been a Premier League club for six years. So you compare compare them with say Manchester City. Like, Man City have got Man City. No, Man City. No, they they've got the owners, but they, Burnley haven't so, spent money in how many seasons now? Let's be fair. So how have they got no money I to think spend? Last season they did make a few signings, but I don't think they were very expensive. And what was their outlay? Burnley hardly yeah. make signings are above twenty million. For me, Burnley they're happy to finish just outside the relegation. Anywhere zone. in the Premier League that's yeah. above seventeenth or seventeenth yeah. and above. They're they're because ha- they're they're making their money from that, and obviously with the pandemic, with COVID nineteen, they they haven't really had. But this is a Burnley team that almost finished in Europa League spots the other week, the other year. And the following season, they did struggle domestically because yeah. of the squad size. Yeah. 
And I yeah, and, agree. but that's what I'm saying. So how you finish you finish that high in the league, you get paid for that. You get the TV money. So the, the, the choice to not spend money at a club like Burnley, it, it doesn't make sense to me. A lot of the signings, though, that other clubs have made in the Premier League, they have actually taken loans out. So there are clubs like Newcastle that have spent take money on Wilson. Um, obviously, they've had a couple of free signings. I think, is it uh, Hendrick? I yeah, think they've signed. Yeah. But there are some clubs in the Premier League that have actually taken loans out to buy these players and then spend, I think, paying the three or four years in instalments to, to pay the money back. Burnley. Aston Villa have spent nearly 200 million in the last two years and Burnley can't spend 30. Come on. It, it, it's probably just how they are. Like, they probably just haven't got that amount of money to spend, like Man City, for example, or whatever. Maybe, said, maybe they thought at the start of the season they didn't need anyone. You, you never know. That That's the thing. You don't know what, what managers are thinking. Ginger Mourinho, I mean, you know, but it was, I reckon they might go down this year just because of that. Yeah. Um, they, are, they are in a bit of trouble this year, Burnley. Um, I just think it's ludicrous. I don't, yeah. I, I, I don't understand the fact every other club in the league can spend something because of the revenue of the TV deal. That's worth over £100 million. Well, don't forget, they've lost a lot of money as well from last season. Yeah, they might have had to pay a few, um, few oh, bits, come on. bit of debt. You never know. You never know. Oh, come we'll on. Talk about that another time. Yeah. yeah. Tenth, yeah. tenth game in. And there's yeah, and there's lots points. of problems. Yeah. Um, Newcastle, again, I think they're going to be in that battle for the relegation zone. In the relegation zone, sorry. But I do think that Obviously, they signed Callum Wilson and Ryan Fraser, who got relegated last season. But I do think, yeah, but their defense is an issue. Let's be honest. Yeah, they they've got they've got big defensive issues. Issue with the goalkeeper right now. I thought Debravka was a decent. Debravka, he's injured at the moment. I was injured. I, yeah, I, Carl I Darlow really... hasn't really stepped up much. Obviously, yeah. against Burnley, he hasn't really had to do. Much. I think Carl Darlow played well against. No, Burnley. Like, I, I, and if I, it wasn't for Carl Darlow, I think they would have lost that game by quite a few no, more. Like, uh, I, 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 didn't actually, to be honest, I didn't actually know. I didn't know if Debravka was dropped or anything like that. That's why I was thinking. No, is definitely injured, oh, but I don't, I don't think their injury. issue is their goalkeeper. I was going to say, I always thought he was a good keeper anyway. Well, look, oh, look, at, look at Newcastle against Newport. They played a lot of strong players that day and they had to scrape it on a 5-4 penalty win. And it's Newport. Right. Exactly. It doesn't matter who you play against. You... Okay, but Newport were the surprise package in the whole league. They... They've had a great start to yeah, the season. Who, have, who did they beat in the previous round? Newport. They beat another Premier League Watford, side, didn't they? Watford. They beat Watford. Oh, they beat Watford, yeah. who have just come down from the Premier League. Yeah. So, you know, and let's be let's be honest. There's not much difference in the two teams with Watford and Newcastle. There's not. Well, I th- I think there is because Watford went down and Newcastle haven't. I I get what. Scott means like yeah, I mean, yeah. what, and that that's your estimation of teams being far apart. I think points wise it doesn't think, make sense. I think points wise was it they may have finished between I five and ten five, points yeah. in difference, but I mean the space of what two to three games like where Watford on another day could take their chances and be three points better off. But yeah, I, I see what you mean, but I just feel that Newcastle and Watford as a whole, like I think there's a there's They're a similar. difference in club size. But I think as like as a team, team wise, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm not saying the size of the club. I don't. Whenever, whenever I say things like this, I don't care how big a club is. Football speaks bigger than anything else. Mm-hmm. The football you're playing, unless I don't think that the football they play is too dissimilar. Yeah. 
Um, obviously, New- Newcastle, they lost 3-0 to Brighton, uh, I think it was last week, and they've bounced back with a 3-1 win over Burnley. Um, again, they'll be around that, that, that area, fighting, possibly even just to to stay up by a point or two, maybe by five points. You never know. With no, they're going to win the league now. No, I'm, I'm adamant <laughs> Burnley's going to win the league. But yeah, Proof definitely, definitely. Um, moving on to a huge shock. Um, I was looking at the scoreline for this. Uh, it was a Sunday's early game, early kickoff. I was looking at it and I thought, this can't be right. Surely something's gone wrong. But it was Leicester City nil, West Ham United three. Um, Antonio, again, scoring. Uh, he scored in the 14th minute. Fournals scoring in the 34th. And Bowen, who's on a bit of form recently, scoring in the 83rd. Let's talk about Leicester first before we get into what's happened with West Ham. Leicester just beat Manchester City 5-2 last week away from home. Obviously, there's not much of a difference at the moment, but still, it's away from home at Man City. And they've, they've, they're have they've at home, ready to play West Ham. 90 minutes later, they've lost 3-0. What, what do you think's happened there? You're the Premier League. Yeah, it's the, that's, the, that's Premier League football for you. you and guarantee a win anywhere. And I think Newcastle, I think Leicester, yes, they started strong. Yes, they had a good year last year, but they they killed their Champions League hopes. No one else. Yeah. You know, and that, again, I don't, do do I think Leicester are going to finish in the top four? No. I, to be honest, I, I didn't watch the game. I, I, I did. I refereed a couple of games on Sunday, so I, I didn't really get to watch much of the games apart from the... Uh, Shameless plug. Yeah, I know. But to be honest, um, I'm not, I'm not like sort of. I mean, obviously, it's shock results, which we're going to go to later. But I'm not surprised that teams like West Ham and you know teams like maybe Southampton, when they they go to bigger grounds or bigger clubs, for example, say like let's well, say Leicester, a massive club. But you know, I I do count them as a you know that top six to eight era club now. I, I I'm not surprised that they go to these places and get results because. West Ham over the years they've done well at Chelsea they've done well at you know places like Man United for example they've always caused some problems so I'm not surprised that obviously the result looks at you think three 0 like wow like Leicester must have been really really bad but I just I just don't think Leicester showed up yeah the Premier League like look look at look at Chelsea versus like, West Brom you're not going to get teams like Fiber going to Bayern Munich and beating them four one away from home but you're not going to get that yeah you? you're not going to get you know, Real Madrid losing at home to like get Elche. Yeah, you know I mean, like, in the Premier League, you cannot guarantee three points anywhere. So you know, fair play to West Ham. I don't like them as much as anyone else don't, but fair play to them. You know, well done. To there him, you go. You know, obviously, it just proves that how good they are without David Moyes. Oh, yeah, last two games, two, two, two wins out of three. For them, he's, right? he's been managing them at home, or whoever's been the assistant. Alan, 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 yeah. Yeah, but let's be fair. He's at home, so maybe the players just go. We're going to play how we want to play because. He's not here to shout at us. Yeah, he's, yeah. I mean, just looking at West Ham, just a bit different. I'm a bit shocked. I mean, I know it might be slightly early for him, but I'm a bit shocked Antonio been, Antonio hasn't been looked at for an England call-up. Oh, I was about to talk um, about that, yeah. I think, though, I do believe that he's 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 had his time in the England camp, hasn't he? Let's be fair, he's been in the England squad before. He, he got in the England squad once and he had an injury, and the injury he got was whilst he was on a game show. So, like, <laughs> I don't... I, I, he only had really like one or maybe two training sessions. I don't think he's actually generally had a, a major chance. Oh no, I, I I agree, but I just I think England are very reluctant to recall players, you yeah. know, from yeah. 
the pool of players that we have. It's always about new call-ups and we we never go back and give someone another another hit. Yeah, def, 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 definitely. I think, and to, what was it, 10 goals in the last 13 Premier League games and it's, like, it, it's, it, it's, it's huge. They're as good as Calvert-Lewin's stats. At the moment, yeah. Almost. Yeah, like, almost. I, I think Calvert-Lewin definitely deserves that call-up premium, but I just feel sorry for someone like Antonio because he, it's very similar to calvert Yeah, because he's taken, he's taken a striker in Tammy Abraham. And I don't know why Tammy Abraham... I don't, and, and I that's don't the thing. And, and this, is, yeah. this is my point. Like, it's because you play for West Ham and he plays for Chelsea. That, that's yeah, why. Yeah, I, do, I do agree. I agree, definitely. And as, as a Chelsea fan myself, in the last, let's just say, back end of last season and obviously this start of this season, Tammy Abraham hasn't really done much. He's not going to get the chance to either. When you spend fifty million on Werner, you, I mean, and when Abraham gets the chance, he needs to. He needs to prove. To prove why. He started the last. He started the last three games. Yeah, and he's not done nothing. Exactly. He scored the last. He scored a very late equaliser against West Brom, but he he should have taken. He should have had a hat trick in the first half. Yeah. Of that yeah. game, which, which we spoke about um, last week. Um, so yeah, for for Leicester and West Ham, this just that game was obviously just uh, what what happens in over the season in the Premier League. You, you're going to get shocks like this. Um, I don't think it's a massive shock. I, I think you're saying it's a shock. It's not. Let, I think I think it's West Ham. West Ham have shocked. got that result in them every single year. I, I just, just think, don't think you could be surprised anymore. I just I, think I, the I, results are shock. That's all. Like I think you you expect Leicester to score at home. Yeah. But, Especially the form that they've been in, coming off five goals against Man City. But no, I understand. I understand, but I think also Leicester are a team that, let's be fair, they're going to lose games this year, and you're not going to be shocked when they lose games. That shows no character. Yeah. Uh, Moving on to probably another boring game: Uh, Southampton two, West Brom nil. Janempo scoring in the forty-first minute. And Oriol Romeo scoring in the 69th minute. I've met Oriol Romeo, actually. What is it about? We, we're talking about Chelsea a lot this week. Now we've got Romeo. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to sneak in there. No, no I'm joking. Course, yeah. um, Southampton again. It's a, it's a Southampton start, isn't it? Again, I didn't watch the game. Um, from the looks of it, comfortable win for Southampton. West Brom, I think, might be in a bit of trouble this year. Um, I think most people have got money on West yeah, Brom to I, go down. West Brom are like that typical yo-yo club, aren't they? They go up, they come down, they go like it's that sort of feel about them. Um, I mean, they might prove me wrong this year, but I just generally feel that they're going to struggle this year, West Brom. So it wouldn't surprise, it doesn't surprise me Southampton winning that game comfortably. The only thing is Danny Ings didn't score. That's the yeah, only yeah, thing. yeah, I know. I've got no points. Like, yeah, he scored two go. points for me this week, and could, that is it. Two measly points. It could be worse. You could triple Captain Van Dyke. You know, that's <laughs> one thing I would um, crazy. Scott, as a Fulham fan, obviously, we all know West Brom are going to be sort of... When you play West Brom, it's going to be a six-pointer. We all know that. Um, how, what, what, how do you think, or how, how have you seen West Brom so far this season? Or how, how, also, how, what are you predicting for them for the rest of the season? I don't, for me, West Brom are very lucky to be in the Premier League. Yeah, mm-hmm. because if Brentford hadn't slipped up for those last four games, Brentford would be in the Premier League. Um, West Brom weren't. I don't. I don't think they were as good 
as people make out that they were last year, even though they finished second, they they had periods of dominance, but they also have periods of very shaky football. And I just don't know. They haven't strengthened to have Premier League quality. If you, uh, yeah, I think get, with, get what with, I mean. with teams like West Brom, uh, we saw it with Cardiff when they got promoted to the Premier League. Um, they're sort of a, bu- a bully boy side. They sort of bully their way their way into the Premier League. They're very physical in the Championship, and I think that works in the Championship from games that I've watched them play. West Brom last season were very physical. They've got they've got strong players. Cardiff they had the same. They're very very tall players that season, and that's probably helped them along the way. And in the Premier League, that just doesn't work because of how quick the pace of the Premier League is. You're going to need quick players. And I just don't think West Brom have that this season. They have Callum Robinson. Whoopi do obviously scored uh, quite a few goals from last season. They've signed him on a permanent this season. But they... Callum Robinson played for... He was on Sheffield United last year. They they loaned him, though, in January, I think. They signed him on a permanent deal this season. Yeah, yeah. Um, But, yeah, other than him, I don't think they have... Premier League players in him. That um, Dian Garner, I think he's an okay player. I don't think he's worth the 18 million they paid. Yeah, I don't think think he's he's worth 18 million. Don't get me wrong, West Brom have got some very, very good players. I just, I think they are a championship side. As a team, they don't, they're not the greatest. I think I, I think what Scott I, I think they're too good in the championship, but I don't think they're good enough for the Premier League. Yeah, Yeah, and, and the thing is, there's a few teams like that. You know, I, Fulham possibly are another one of them, and it, I, I always, I've always said this: there's teams that are too good for the championship, but you know, yeah, they, they yeah, they might be able to stay up for a year in the Premier League, two, three, four. But they remind me a little bit of like, do you remember? Do you remember the old days of Wigan? Yeah, Reading. Like they, they would they would do poorly for about ten games in the last ten games. They'd step up. And it, they'd, they'd find a way to stay up. That's what West Brom remind me of a little bit. They need to try and... West Brom well, don't to have to remind you of that because West Brom have done that. Yeah. Well, West, West Brom have literally done that. You know, like they, they... they, Let's be fair. Whenever they've been in the Premier League, they've never been in the top half, have they? Yo-yo club, haven't they? They go up, they go down, they go up, they go down. That's what I mean. Like, I just think they know and they, they manage their expectations That's like that. I'd love to... I mean... As much as obviously I support my team, but if you imagine being a West Brom fan, you've always got something to play for every season: surviving relegation, getting promoted. So that, it must be quite always, exciting. Yeah, like as a as a fan, you're thinking like, you know, I've got there's, there's always going to be something there this season like for West Brom. So you know, yeah, good for them in a century. Yeah, definitely. Um, for me, West Brom go down. Um, I mean, I I don't think you can discount anyone from going down. No. I I just think it's far too early, and this people need to stop. This whole generalization of teams after four games, like thirty-eight game season, you don't, yeah. you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, that, that's my point. They, they could turn, they could turn some absolute heads. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm, I'm just saying. I think, I think if, if things continue as they are for West Brom, I think. They're gonna be in a bit bit it's of trouble. The, yeah, they're gonna be in trouble. There's no qualms about that. It's okay to tell everyone they're gonna be in a relegation fight. We know that, but it doesn't mean they're gonna go down. 
people need to start saying that instead of, oh, they're going down, they're going down. No, no, they're going to be in a relegation. Yeah, like, uh, I was just saying, I mean, Crystal Palace, didn't they? They, they had, was it eight games they didn't score a goal? Yeah, and then that everyone was like straight away. They obviously that at the time they were the favourites to go down at that time, and like, but then they turned it round. Like you know, it's just one result, and like all of a sudden teams can turn it round. So boost of confidence yeah, if they beat definitely. a big team. So boost the confidence. I, I I agree with you. I do think West. I my pre prediction before the start of the season. I do think West Brom will get relegated, but I do think that they've got a bit of fight in them and might yeah, take it further. Yeah. Um, moving on to the next game, um, by the looks of it, it wasn't a very exciting game as everyone thought it was going to be. Um, Arsenal 2, Sheffield United 1, uh, Bukayo Saka, who's had a very, very exciting week, hasn't he? Well, who thought that'd be an exciting game, Adam? I think it would have been because of, look, look Arsenal are, uh, are looking good and obviously Sheffield United, we know they're a very good team. Obviously this season, they haven't got a point yet. But as a team, Sheffield United are very good, as we saw last season. Um, uh, They're in trouble. No, no, no. Let's stop there. They're in trouble. Sheffield United are, definitely. Yeah. It's it's second season syndrome, isn't it, for them? A little bit. Um, I do think Sheffield United, they've spent the money in the wrong areas, that they haven't addressed it properly. I mean, as a Liverpool supporter, what an absolute sale for 23 million for Rian Brewster. Yeah. I'm not saying Brewster won't go there and set the world alight, but to get 23 million for a person who's got no Premier League experience, he's scored some decent goals in the Championship, you know, but... But let's be fair, that's... he he went to the Championship last season. Where was he the season before? He yeah. wasn't in the Championship, and, and, and was he? And that's the thing, like, I, I think Liverpool have done great business there. How, like, to get that amount of money for him, Oh, no, no. It's fantastic, isn't and it? I, and I don't, I don't get how... How do Sheffield United sit there and go, right, OK, um, Rian Brewster's going to be the man that we need um, for the system that he, he's not really going to fit in there. Sheffield United, like, most of their goals come from, like, crosses and wide areas and, like, headers and things like that. Into the- and that's why the strikers, they have a perfect for that system. Let's be fair. McGoldrick oh, and Bert- McBurney, McBurney, they all scored goals last year because they fit the system. Yeah, Brewster, for me, I don't think he fits that style of play. But, you know, it could be different. But I fully agree with you. I do think Sheffield United are uh, going to be in some sort of problem this year. Yeah, they're, they're, they're one of the teams down there. Uh, obviously, last season, they, they shocked. Surprise package last season. And huge, massive. After lockdown, they really, really struggled. Yeah. and it's just... Have they lost four as well? Yeah, they've got so. they've got zero points at the moment. Well, they've got Liverpool soon, so they'll get three points against them. <laughs> um, so, if we move on to Arsenal, um, and I want to move on to Bukayo Saka. He's had a very, very excited week. Exciting week, sorry, for him, for, for him personally. Obviously, he scored against Sheffield United and... He's been called up to the England senior team, which is huge for, for a player like of his age. What do you think about that, Luke? Going back on from the end of last season, I think he's deserved it. Going back to what Scott said about you know bringing new talent in, and um, obviously he's a young player. Um, I do think that Bakayo Saka has deserved an England call-up. Um, obviously, he hasn't really started, apart from the goal he scored at the weekend, um, he hasn't really sort of sort of been able to starters or play as many minutes this season hopefully for him that changes but um, I do think that he's definitely going to be a, a good player coming forward I do think he deserves that chance in the England set up and yeah like it, he's got, just got to keep on playing his football keep on going he's got a good young manager there that does he's doing well at Arsenal 
And um, he's definitely got some good players around him, like Yabamiangs and Lacazette with the experience. And, you know, he's got good players there to help him grow and develop. So let's, let's see what the future holds for him. With, with Saka, they've placed him, well, from, from what everyone's been seeing uh, over Instagram, Twitter, they've placed him in the defenders category. Do you think he, he'll play what left back? Yeah, he's going to start left-back. a left back. Yeah. He'll have to start a left back because Chilwell can't play. Yeah, there you go. Chilwell, Chilwell's been dropped from the squad. Um, not, not indefinitely. They just have to join up after the Wales game. Yeah, but I mean, that for me, like I, I do believe. That, I mean, that, was it the last two two games we played? We didn't even play a recognised left back. We played Trippier. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think he's done very well. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not disrespectful. Not disrespectful. But I think, but I think you like, need a, you need a left sided player there. Yeah, of course you do. Like, so I think either Ainsley has to start there, or. Saka starts there, but like, yeah, I, I fully agree with you. Especially at fullback, it's very important to have players there. That it's not like a left winger or a right winger. You can play players that play with the opposite foot from that position. But especially as a fullback, like you, you obviously can. You want to you want to hug the byline. Yeah, like fullback. Let's be honest. Liverpool got away with it for a season with James Milner at left back, and we done very well there. But we knew the problem was there. We needed a player in that area. That and look, look what happened when you put a player there. Uh, exactly, like we look at obviously what Robertson's done, but it, but obviously, not, not going too far into that. But I agree with you, you do need and even for England as well. We need a player with that positional sense. And if Saka's mm-hmm. going to play there for the next couple of games, then good luck to him and hopefully he does well. Also, with, with obviously playing at full back, left back, or right back, you're going to need a bit of pace to play there. And obviously, Saka, he's a very, very quick player. He's got quick feet. He's He's got good... He's, his sprint speed is very good. So, I think, yeah, as you said, Scott, I think he should be playing at left-back. Or Ainsley. I'd be happy if Ainsley yeah, started I would, there. They're, they're very similar players. Ainsley's very more versatile, isn't he? He can play anywhere at full-back. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I think I think that... that that could actually slightly bit more experience maybe as well. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's what I was just about to say. I think maybe Ainsley is the he's the preferred choice for me. Mm. But you know, don't get me wrong, Saka's a great player. But do you get called up to your first England squad and start? No, I can't remember who was the last person to do that. What what start? Get, what any get the first call up to the English? Get the full first, first call up and start. Probably not many. I think maybe, I can't. I can't think of one. I think you know, maybe Deli Ali or maybe I think I think Deli Ali when they, well, possibly we yeah. played France. I think was about four or five years ago. Yeah, I think so. I think apart from that, yeah, I can. I can't really I think. Can of see where you're coming from, Scott. I, I they don't I, throw you in the deep apart, end apart in international from, football. Yeah, apart from a goalkeeper, so we, we won't disinclude maybe Pickford, but. Apart, from I don't that. think he started his first call up, did no, he? No, but I, I, yeah, but I'm just thinking like goalkeepers usually. You, you... I think that's harder for you to start your first call up. Yeah, possibly. I think that that position's a lot harder. Yeah, I, as you said, Scott. Obviously, Maitland-Niles has got a bit more experience in Saka, but either way, you you, you can say fair enough. They're, they're they're good enough to play there, don't you think? Mm. Um, so we'll move on to um, Scott's favorite time of the week: the big game. The big game. Uh, where we talk about um, the the I think it was a, what what I think it was a four o'clock game something silly like that. No, it was the same time as Sheffield United Arsenal. It was two two o'clock. Oh, there you go, there you go. Um, way, on Sunday, every single game kicked off at the same time as another game. It was mental. 
Yeah, it was it was it was weird. Because this week I don't know if anyone's noticed, but I think this is the last week that all Premier League games are shown live. Yeah, they're going back to the, the neutral free. It's ridiculous. Game. I think it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Because we're still not allowed in to see it and I was gonna wait till the end, but George brought it up with the okay, fact. We'll all go, go. To the, we'll all go to the cinema that's inside, but we can't go to a football club <clears> that's outside. Do you know what I mean? I know. I, I, let's have this chat at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, Wolves won Fulham nil. Uh, Neto scoring in the 56th minute, and that was the game. Uh, Scott, obviously, I'm guessing you watched the game. Of course, I watched the game. Um, let's move on, George. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it because I don't really know much about it. Well, do you know what we've we've been we've had a tough start. Let's be fair, we, we've we've not been very good, um, and we saw improvement in that game. And I think that's all the Fulham fans wanted. Let's be honest, we're going to Molyneux against Wolves. It's not an easy place to go, but probably it was a good time to go there because they haven't started very well either. But you know, we defended a lot better. We conceded one goal. We didn't concede in the first eight minutes of a half, which we had not previously been able to do. We had not been able to go more than eight minutes in a half of Premier League football this year without conceding the goal. And we did that in both halves. So it's just it's, small steps. It's slow improvement. Yeah, and I think we, don't get me wrong, we, we played well, we had the ball, but we didn't really do anything with the ball. We didn't create many chances. I can't say Wolves created many chances. Ariola did make a very good double save in the first half. But, you know, I just think it was a game that just sort of played through the motion. Was it a game that when it came to it, Wolves had that one chance that they took and obviously that won them the game? Do you think it's a game where... It, it, it's oh, don't quality. get me wrong, yes, because don't get me wrong, it was a very good finish from Neto. And again, every goal Fulham have conceded this year, personally, was avoidable. Every single one has been avoidable because of our lack of just defensive awareness. This goal, I can't put down to lack of defensive awareness. We, we defended pretty well. I don't know if anyone's seen the goal, but, yeah, you know, not. there's... Sh- a shot comes in, Tim Ream blocks that. Another another shot goes in, we block that. And we, we just can't get out to block the third shot. Mm. You know, the defenders did absolutely everything and he's found the corner. Yeah, so, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. Like, I think and I think Fulham have learned from that. I think that it's the, the losing mentality you can obviously, you can, you can try and change. But I think as what you said, like, I think the way you can see goals is the way your confidence in the team will change. And I've seen yeah. the, like Aubameyang's, you know, it was a good team move from Arsenal at that time, but the Aubameyang goal was definitely a win. We, we, did, but, we, we, didn't, we didn't even get out to him. Yeah, exactly. You know? I, Whereas this time, we get out to the man yeah. and he still finds the corner. And you know what? Sometimes you just got to clap and applaud and you go, well done. Yeah, and, and, and also, just following on, I think, as you said that, but I also feel that when obviously luck's not on your side, obviously like that that next ricochet, that next phase of play, obviously then goes to a it goes to a Wolves player. On another day, it could go to a Fulham player, and, I just and we break. Of, yeah, and, and that bit of confidence it will come. And I think Fulham they might hope, hopefully they do get that bit of a break where they they're able to you know get out of them situations a lot better. But 
you can definitely see like I, I, from looking at the start of eleven, um, I'm actually quite glad for your behalf they dropped Hector because I think he's had a an awful start to the season. Um, they look like from you said to me before, Lamarchand and then Reem played pretty pretty well. Um, I've been quite impressed with that in Greece or in midfield. I don't know what you've been thinking of him. I think oh, he's, he's phenomenal. Like, he's, he's so he's so a good. Player. He likes to keep possession quite well. He is so so good. Um, I'll, I want to see a bit more Mitrovic, but you know that might come. You know, but hopefully that result, even though they've lost the game, hopefully they can go back on it and think, okay, you know, yes, we've lost the game, but it was only one nil, and it's a tough place to go, Wolves. And Fulham, hopefully next, they've got some winnable games that they can get on track and get kick their seats. That's the thing. But- we've got to get we've got to get results in our next six games because after that we get into December and our December looks quite tragic. And we all know I think we play Man City and Liverpool and maybe Chelsea. Yeah, you'll win them games. So, no, 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 it's, it's, it gets so to a point December where schedule. the December schedule, Sorry. the Christmas schedule and everything, like it's always congested. So like you, your squad's going to be tired and you do need to get results before that sort of time frame. No, and the thing is, as well, you can. I, I don't think you can get away with anything in Premier League. But when we, you get fixture congestion in December. But when your fixtures in December are looking like Man City, Liverpool, or like whoever it is, you're playing two, three out of the four, top four, top five teams in the in three, four, five games. You know, it's tough. So the games before that, you need to get something from. And I think this game was up for grabs. The last game against Villa was definitely up for grabs. And we, we missed those opportunities. Now we need to dust ourselves off. We've got Sheffield United away from home in our next game. That's a massive game now. Mm-hmm. And that's a must-win game. Two ga- two teams that are well out of form. So it's... it's exactly. They, need, they both need to win that game. Yeah, exactly. So I think they we know they need to win the game, but we they also know we need to win the game. So... It's gonna be, it's gonna be a good game of football. Yeah, I'll definitely be tuning into that one for sure. Um, but moving on, we've got the last two games, and the last two games are definitely, definitely, definitely gonna probably be the longest that we talk about potentially. Um, we'll get into the first one: Manchester United one, Tottenham six. Um, Bruno Fernandez. Obviously, Fernandez. Fernandez scoring an early penalty. Uh, then Endon Bele, uh, I'll talk about that goal after I read out the scorers. And all, Excuse all me, that. can you repeat that? What's that? Can you repeat his name? Endon Bele. Endon Bele. Doesn't make a difference. <laughs> um, yeah. You know Dembele, you Scott. Endon Bele scored in the fourth. There we go. Equalised in the fourth minute. The next uh, goal was from P. Dombele. <laughs> <laughs> um, Son scoring in the seventh, making it 2-1. And at that point, everyone thought, wow, this is going to be a pretty good game. And then in the 28th minute, Martial got sent off pretty... Um, I wouldn't say harshly, but... It's we'll, a sending off. We'll, it's we'll, a sending we'll, off. We'll get into it. It's a sending off. Yeah, yeah. That, we'll get it's into a sending it. off. Yeah. Um, Simple as that. Kane then scores in the 30th minute. Son... Makes it 4-1 in the 37th minute. And then Aurier and Kane make it 6-1 later on in the second half. Um, We'll talk about the red card. It's a sending off. 
but Lamella's got to go as well. What a perfect time to have a qualified referee in the room. Here um, we go. Do you know what? Okay, can I speak before Luke? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll do that, we'll do that. Okay. Personally, I don't think Lamella's tried to hit him. I think he's he's blocking him on the chest and his hand has slipped up. But, you know, you guys could have seen it another way. But for me, it doesn't look like one action that Lamella does. It looks like his hand's already there and his hand's just trying to keep him at bay and his hand goes into his neck. Yeah. I don't know what you guys well, think. I've heard, huh? I've heard that before about the Lamella with that incident. Um, Martial, yeah, there's not much contact, but it's the intent. It's like, right, so as referees, we shouldn't actually use the word intent. It's in the law. It's violent conduct. It's a red card. Lamella, I get what you're saying. I do think the action you sue, you do have to try and take into account, but it's still reckless. It's still why are you doing what you're doing? For me, he has to go. I've, I think Anthony Taylor's done the wrong thing by just straight away sending Martial off and then the referees surely it, it'd be it gives a yellow card as well but, and I don't I don't that makes it worse I think I think his decision to send Martial off and then cannot be cannot be disputed by anybody yeah but then if if you're not going to send Lamella off you cannot give him a yellow card it's inconsistency and yeah and that that's the issue yeah and and we've we've had this you know hopefully in another podcast we have this talk about inconsistency with referees but for me if you're sending one player off for a similar incident, you have to send the other player off if he re- if he retaliates in a similar way. And I get the mm-hmm. action side of it, but for me, Lamella has to go. It does. Oh, no, I I I completely agree. I think if one goes, they both have to go. I just I thought I don't, I, I looked at it and I don't think I'm just going I, by I don't the think law. there was I'm any by the law in it. Like the law. No, says, yeah, I understand that. You know, I understand for that. For me, it has to be a red card. And you know, but, sometimes it goes away, sometimes it don't. You know, that's how it is. Make me, no qualms. Make no qualms. That red card had no effect on the result of that game. And I think it does. I, no, it doesn't. Luke, they were being peppered yeah, before I, that, I mate. Man, I'm not I, even joking. I think man, they, they were being ever. peppered. No, but I, I think they. I think they, so they, Tottenham would. Tottenham should have been four one up. Yeah, I, before I, the red card. So the, the, the let, red card let, doesn't let, change. Let's talk about. Um, obviously, the red card happened. Let's talk about. Obviously, Scott, you said before the red card, they should have been four one up. I didn't. Per, I only watched the last ten minutes, so I I don't know what happened. Um, Honestly, Tottenham were all over them. Tottenham, Tottenham were over them like a rash. They went one 0 down a minute into the game, and they pulled it back immediately. And from from that equaliser, it was all Tottenham. Let, let's talk about that equaliser. Because there was very, very dodgy defending going on there. Harry Maguire, Luke Shaw, I think, would have cleared that. And then Harry Maguire pulls him away. And then Endon Bele scores. I don't know, because if I was a United fan, even Luke Shaw trying to clear that ball away, I'm panicking. He could take the man. Let's be fair. Luke Shaw is definitely capable of taking the man's legs. Mm. But I don't know why Harry Maguire has to touch him. I, for me, I think, obviously, the, the, this is just a theory, but is Maguire trying to make himself look better by doing that and then defending? 
No, I no. think he genuinely tries to hold the ball off for De Gea for him to come and collect the ball. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But as a centre-back, you cannot make that decision for your goalkeeper. Yeah, I see what you Especially mean. Especially if the goalkeeper's positioning is that bad. Like, De Gea at no point. No, no, no. But no I, I genuinely think that's what's happened. I don't know about you guys. De Gea at no point yeah, wanted yeah, that yeah. ball. I yeah, but I think Harry Maguire's tried to shield it off and give him a little bit of room to come through, but he's not giving him nowhere near enough. Yeah. So that's the only reason you'd pull a defender out of the way of the ball. Yeah, I mean, is if your goalkeepers. Well, well, it's like what they say, like, um, uh, Man United paid eighty million for a fridge. Is what they is what they say. Um, but I just I I saw it after the game. Obviously, everyone was erupting on social media about it, and I just thought, what on earth are you doing? You're worth eighty million pounds. Or oh, they they paid eighty million pounds. For you. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up my point again. He didn't ask to be bought for eighty million obviously, pounds. Obviously, obviously, so, they pay. I if, think people need to stop if you doing see, that. If you see, that's up to Man United to pay the money. Yeah, yeah. No, I see, think people need to stop judging people by the fees that clubs have decided to pay for them. For me, they, for me, they never what, asked. What, what do you think Maguire's worth, Scott? I don't think it matters. I, I re- the, the, what a player is value that mean it, it means nothing because let, let's be honest there's big discrepancies in value of players you know Liverpool got Thiago for 25 million pounds you know and they paid the money back there's other players going for they, they then spent almost double that to get Diego Yotta in yeah I, I just think that Sometimes when you're when you're buying players for certain prices, like obviously Liverpool getting that bargain with Thiago, you have to take into account that he had one year left on his contract. He's 29 years of age. Yes, he's a very good midfield player, but Thiago Jota is a very younger, much younger player. He's in contract. Wolves obviously don't want to lose him for a low fee, but that's obviously up to the two clubs to decide on that. I do agree with you. I don't think that yes, Harry Maguire was bought for 80 million pounds, which is obviously a, a lot of money, but I do agree that some players, uh, not so, no, actually, not let me rephrase that. I don't think players should be given that responsibility. They shouldn't be judged on their trans- transfer fee like, because it's not. You can you can easily turn around and say that yes, he's not worth eighty million pounds, and no, he's not. But it's, I do feel for him in a sense where because he was bought for that amount of money, people are going to slag him off and say, "Oh, well, Man United paid eighty million. He's this. He's that." Like that's not his fault. That's yeah. the club and the club I mean, judge his footballing ability. Let's let's just let's just say he was he's a at the moment some of the defending he's getting away with is it's car crash, you know, and it's yeah. Yeah. it's not good enough. But yeah. I, I think people need to stop mentioning the transfer fee. Let's talk about his defending ability. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, I, um for me that that what he did was awful. He shouldn't. Yeah, he just shouldn't that, have done it. That's that's obviously, you know, that's his decision. And obviously, you're going to get criticised for that. But I think uh, just gonna, the only thing I was going to mention. I think yes, Tottenham I still believe would have won the game, even if it was eleven versus eleven. But I do think being at eleven versus ten, I think it does complex a little bit on the scoreline a little bit. Like uh, I, I agree, I if think, a defender uh, gets sent off, I don't think Spurs win six one if it's eleven v eleven. But I'm not saying that they don't win the game. I think. Did you watch the game? I watched parts of it. 
I'm not saying I'm, I'm going by what you're saying. I know Spurs obviously, and I've I've seen Liverpool go to to Man United and dominated them and not score six goals comfortably. I don't think Spurs score six with eleven. But of course, you watch the game. You know, you might know a bit more than me about the. No, but from from my point, I was watching the game. At the time of the red card, Spurs would should have been four one up already. You know, and I I also believe. Martial's not going to change the fact. Martial doesn't change the fact that Man United concede six because he doesn't defend. But he changes. He possibly changes the fact that they don't score more goals. Yeah, it was is what I think is what. Yeah, he got, but he got he got sent off in half an hour and he hadn't done anything for the first half an hour anyway. He hasn't done anything all season. Yeah, that's very <laughs> true. But, but that's my point. I just think. I still believe watching the defending that Man United were doing, I believe that scores the same. Yeah. Definitely. Maybe they maybe they would have got a couple back, but I think they still concede six. Okay. Yeah, f- f- fair enough, fair enough. Obviously it's what you think. So um next, uh this is oh, I can't wait for this. Luke, Luke's been looking forward to this one. Can we just skip? <laughs> Are we near um, the end of this? <laughs> Aston Villa 7 Liverpool 2 I'm not going to read all of the, the goal scorers do you, me to? Do, 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 do you really want like, I want like, your you're, honest you're, opinion you're waiting for my honest opinion on that oh, well, well, I think we'll go to you last me, I'll, 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 yeah, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll go first alright I didn't watch the game I, okay, I watched I, so I, I, I'm going to watch all I'm... the other 9 games and not that listen listen Listen, I'm not being funny. Aston Villa Liverpool is not an attractive game of football to watch. Yes, it turned out to be a very attractive game of football to watch, but Aston Villa versus Liverpool no, before no the game, did any did anyone have Villa winning, or did anyone have a result that was anywhere different from two three 0 Liverpool? Your first to your first point about did I have anyone winning? You're going to be very shocked on my answer, but go on, you can carry on. So. I I just want to just comment on Liverpool's defending. Go for it. At the moment, it's a train wreck. Yeah. You know, they... How many goals have you conceded? 11? We're the second worst defence in the league this season behind West Brom. Behind Fulham. Behind West... Yeah, we're behind Fulham right now. Behind Fulham. And, I, and I've said... I've said and Fulham are nailed on for relegation, apparently. Our because our defenders we were nailed on for relegation because we lost 3-0 to Aston Villa. Jamie Carragher said that. He said, Fulham are down. I'm more certain of that than anything else. More certain than Liverpool winning the league. Fulham are down because we lost 3-0 to Aston Villa. Liverpool lose 7-2. So Liverpool got to go down in your opinion, but we got nine extra points. No, I'm not saying that. But this is what... I I go back to my point of it's four games in. Yeah. Are we going to look back at, at the end of the season and Liverpool not being in the top four? Probably not. You know, are we? Are they going to win the league? Possibly. So I don't understand how that result is different to the Fulham result. I don't. I'm not saying Liverpool are going down. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I think it's ridiculous that people are saying that after losing 3-0 to Villa. But 
no one wants to comment about Liverpool conceding seven against them. For me, um, I saw the first two goals and the last few goals. Um, I'll, I'll change that. I saw the first two goals and the last three goals. From what I saw, first goal, what is Adrian doing? He's done a Kepa there. He's been worse than a Kepa. Uh, uh, second goal, second goal, Gomez just doesn't defend. He doesn't get tight to the man, which is what you need to do in that sort of situation. And both of Grealish's goals, yes, one was a deflected goal. Most of uh, three of Villa's goals were deflected, I think. Doesn't matter. But it doesn't matter. Goal's a goal at the end of the day. You're not doing any defensive work. Yeah, if you're, if you're not defending properly, that's your problem. Liverpool just didn't show up for me. They 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 just it it might as well have been. Obviously, we saw last season uh, in the carrot in the League Cup, Aston Villa versus Liverpool, and Liverpool played a bunch of kids. You should have played the kids. You should have played the kids. They 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 at least they didn't concede seven, but you could say at least the the, the senior team scored two. We we broke lockdown rules, didn't we? You, you broke lock. We broke lock. Literally yeah, up. you broke the rule of six. It's mad. At least Man United stabilised it. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, Luke, you're, you're, this is for you to talk about whatever, whatever you, you like, know, your like, view, I, go for it. Do you know what? Like The only... Uh, I'll go back to the result in a minute, but like the only thing I will say about us losing... Let's take the result away. Let's, let's talk about just us losing a game. Yeah. Losing a game of football. It's been coming for a long, long while. We have started the season so so poorly. We, yes, we've got nine points, and you know we won we won majority of games of last season, first half of the season, by playing rubbish football. But we got over the line. We scraped the line against Leeds. We scraped over against um, Chelsea. We had to be handed the win really with going down to Chelsea going down to ten men because we didn't look like scoring in that game. Um, we scraped over the line against Arsenal. We had a lot of chances. That was probably our best performance of the season. But yeah, Arsenal, they played well and we struggled in that game. And going back, all right, we'll go back to this game. First goal, Adrian, clear lines. You can't play out the back. You can't teach a dog old trick, like new tricks. Like, he's not a goalkeeper that you're going to play out the back. It's an awful pass. You can cri- you can criticise Gomez again for not being tight to Grealish to uh, just allow the pass straight across the Watkins. The poor goal to concede, you move on from that. I think, all right, 1 0. Uh, I've seen Liverpool go 1 0. We're still in the game at 1 0, let's be honest. Yeah, but like, it's, I've seen any team is still in the game course, at 1 0. Of course. Uh, and I I generally think as well, like, even we went 1 0 down against Arsenal, and, you know, I still believe we're going to win the game. For me, I, I looked at the team, and one thing I've, I've said recently to a lot of people, I love what Jurgen Klopp's done at Liverpool. I really do, and I think he's. In my opinion, since I've been alive as a Liverpool fan for over 20 years, he's been our best manager in the 20-year period that I've been a fan. But the only criticism I give him is when we are one or two pass short, you know about it. Manchester City have got that. Right, they've got financial backing. Liverpool have got financial backing, but not as high as City. But you know when Manchester City have got an injury or a suspension, they can cover that position perfectly. They've got good squad depth. We've got not enough good... We ain't got a good enough backup goalkeeper. Even when we sign Adrian, a decent shot stopper, but he's not good enough at the way Liverpool want to play. When Mane's not in the team, 
He's, in my opinion, he's our best player. You know about it when Mane's not in the team. We've obviously missed out a lot in midfield. We've got no creative spark in midfield when Thiago's not in there. And you can tell that we, we just, every single time Aston Villa went forward, I'm, I'm actually shocked they only scored seven. It should have been more. They should have had double figures. Like, it was that bad. It's the worst performance I've ever seen of a Liverpool team. It was horrendous. It was horrific. It was no energy in midfield. There was no nothing, no leadership. There was no quality. There was nothing at all. The, o- the only two players, I think, that played to the very last minute and played their best was Andy Robertson and Mo Salah. I'm not saying, as a team, they, as a team, it was awful, and that's being generous. But they were the only two stand-up performances from Liverpool, I could say. You've done your best. You know, you played well. Um, you know, but obviously as a team, you was all terrible. But I just, I, I was, it was, I was laughing at four. When I half time at four one, I'm sitting there, and then it's just Jamie Carragher. Oh, they need the spirit of Istanbul. Fuck Istanbul. You know that was two thousand five. That was then. This is That's now. Fifteen years in the You past. know, as much as Liverpool can come back in games, Aston Villa just. I I I said Aston Villa will win the game before the game is even kicked off. I didn't think they'd win seven two, because of because I know when we when we're missing our number one goalkeeper when we're missing our best player, you can see it really affects us as a team. Luke, you know you know we've had chats in the past me and you about the importance of your front three, and you know for me I don't think it's the importance of the front three. I think it's the the two. Yeah, yeah. I've been saying it for a while, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. and, it, and I think that game just proves it. You know, Mane's not in the team, and it, they, they just don't know what to do. Yeah, I, I mean, I know we're going to go forward towards it, and I think last season, I was at the start end of last season, I backed Firmino because, you know, I I see where, you know, Liverpool get most of their goal. You know, his link up play, and like he obviously scored a few goals that last couple of seasons. I mean, last season it really worried me. One home league goal last season, and that was the last game where it was a pointless game really for us really you know not for Chelsea and that was, in, that was in front of no crowd right yeah and I I understand why I, I understand for the setup that we play why he didn't go for Werner because because let's not let's not get let's not get it wrong if Liverpool really wanted to sign Timo Werner they would have got him Timo Werner wanted to go to Liverpool the reason why Liverpool didn't go for him was because one Liverpool didn't personally think they needed him and two, they didn't want to pay a player 200 grand a week that's not guaranteed to start. But now, mm. I actually see that we needed to sign Timo Werner because our 4-3 formation is now gone. We need a new formation. We need a new identity. That What Aston Villa did... Well, no, do you know what? I, I, I disagree. I think if you want to play the false nine, because that's let, let's be fair, that's that's the position Firmino is going to play, yeah? Mm-hmm. And that's, that, that's the role he plays. I just think you need someone that can finish a ball as well because, yeah, he can pass a ball, but then you can just put another 10 there. Yeah. You know? And I, I just think if you just want someone and you're happy with the person that sits in the false nine position to not score goals for you because the two outside him will, then, I mean, just sign another number 10. Yeah. I mean, and the only, I, I like what Klopp's done recently over the last season where he, you know, he, for me, we've got Jota who's going to replace Mane when Mane's not available. You know, Mo Salah, we've got 
Shakiri Minamino who's come into the squad. I think but, Minamino should be starting yeah, from honest. Every time he plays, he is fantastic. And I think the last two, three games, especially the start in the last, uh, back in the last season, the start of the season, Firmino does need to be dropped. And I think that Minamino does deserve to get a start in that position. And I'm hoping because he looks hungry. He look he wants the ball and I've he, liked he wants to make things happen. I've liked him and the games that I've seen him play, I've liked him. And um hopefully, like I mean Jurgen Klopp knows better than me, but I was it was laughable. When we went five one down, it was laughable. And I'm actually quite gutted for Aston Villa it was only seven. I, I think <laughs> they should have absolutely put ten past us minimum. And as you said, like defensively wise, I think we need to sign someone like Michael Hector because we don't concede <laughs> more than you know, like we don't concede more than three goals if you're a foot off, you know what I mean, if you're full of them, for example. But all jokes aside. But Everton away in the next game. Yeah, where do you go from here? As we said earlier in the chat. About, it can't get worse than that. It can't. I mean, it's impossible. Seven past us, I'll be unless, unless Fulham beat you ten nil. Look, at the end of the day. Right, uh, so let's stop the Fulham slander there. Are, are Liverpool going to win the league? They're obviously still, in my opinion, going to be favourites. Are they? Are they going to win the league at the moment? Like at the start of the season, I still think Liverpool were edging favourites over Man City. I don't know if people might agree with that. I still think they're going to win the league this season, but I do think it's going to be a lot more difficult, especially with no fans, because Liverpool do rely on their fans. I think though, um, you look at Liverpool, and yeah, they probably will win the league. But there's there's a big onus now that teams that have lost the game, the last two seasons, let's be fair, if you've lost the game, you're not going to win the league. Mm. The past two two seasons. Yeah. Liverpool lost one game last year. Yeah, exactly. we've lost, like, I think we've only lost, I think in the space of, um, I think it's about 100 league games. I think we've only lost about five. Exactly, so, like so we it gives those other teams a little boost, which could push Liverpool a little bit closer. Yeah, but because let's be fair, Everton aren't going to go the season unbeaten. It's not going to happen. No. So you know, there's there's a little bit of scope for error this year. That's why already fans after the Villa game just to shout out Invincibles. Invincibles. <laughs> it's my history club they are now as well. But there you go, like. That's my opinion on Liverpool that game. Um, it was just laughable, and I hopefully don't get me wrong. Aston, Aston, don't get me wrong. Aston Villa is still going to be in the bottom half. Uh, yeah, I, personally, I, I, I think they're a lot stronger last this season than last season. What the signing of Watkins, Barkley on a loan, you know, that's, that's huge a, two massive signings for them. Um, yeah, but then again. A few injuries to that squad, and they could still be in a relegation fight. Yeah, there you go. You know, and it's as I said, with it's a bit early to be making sweeping assumptions. Yeah, I mean, I I, I said it to you, I said it to George, I said it to your dad um, after that game. It's either going to go one or two ways now. Either Liverpool are going to go on a massive unbeaten run of maybe ten games, for example, or Aston Villa are going to go on a losing streak for about five games. Yeah. Yeah, like it's, and uh, it's really to be fair, will it surprise anyone if that happens? Probably not. not no. Right. So, well, we've come to the end of the game week, and now we've just got a quick, a short, quick fire segment. It won't take too long, hopefully, as this episode is dragging on a bit. Um, we're gonna go through. We're gonna go through each signing. 
or we're, we're, we're going to go through more important signings, and we are going to. I'm, I'm going to ask both of you to rate the signing out of ten. Okay, so we'll start with a very very uh, a deadline day signing. Alex Tellers, Porto to Man United. Scott, rating out of 10. six. 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 Brazilian Luke Shaw. I think six is very generous. Actually, no, I'm going to stick with a six because Man United stuck <laughs> over guidelines with a six goal. Okay. But I would have gone five, but. You know, but right. I, 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 like you, we don't know. We don't know how he's going to play in the Premier League, so let's give him a six. I'm it's not, not, it's not a great sign in. Yeah. It's, it's average. Just, average. It, it, yeah. Man United, over the last couple of years. Six is an average score. Man United the last couple of years have just been panic signings. Yeah. Like, and for me, I, I agree. Five, six, you know. Is he going to change the complex of the team? Probably not. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll, keep, we'll, we'll, we'll keep the short, the quick fire going. Um, ben, ben Godfrey, Norwich seven. Seven. Yeah, fully agree on a seven. I think he's a very good young centre-back. Uh, I wanted I wanted Fulham to sign him. I mean, Everton... Obviously, better financially off than Fulham regarding in this position at the moment, yeah. I think. But I don't know, don't, don't get me wrong. If, there's, if there's a choice, it's not a choice. But I think Fulham should have tried to put an offer in, maybe. Yeah, maybe but, a no, cheeky bid. You good, know? good signing for Godfrey. Next, Thomas Partey to Arsenal. Six. I'm going to go slightly higher. I'm going to go for a seven. I think Arsenal have lost. With, He's lost. 29 years old. Yeah, I just think a bit more experience. And every, everyone's. I'll be honest, I think a lot of people are putting him in a world-class category and he's 29 years old and he's done nothing in his career. Player. I think he's a good DM. He's, he's a steady, steady player. He's better, so, he's better than Gendouzi. I think he's yeah, an upgrade. Yeah, it's an upgrade. Yeah. Let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, Theo Walker on a loan deal from Everton to Southampton. Seven. Eight. Ooh, I was going to go eight. I thought it was a bit high for Theo Walcott. That's a massive sign for Southampton. No, for Southampton it is, I think. But Theo Walcott as a play, he adds a little bit more pace to, to their, their to their flanks, you know, you've got Redmond on one side burning fullbacks and let's hope you can get the old Fear Walcott where he can burn fullbacks on the other. Um Rafinha from I think it's Ren. Ren, Ren to Leeds. Obviously I don't, I don't know about anything about the I'm geezer, gonna so I'm gonna give him a four. I'm just gonna go steady five. I don't okay. know much okay. about him so I don't know. And Leeds signed him so four. Yeah. Uh Edinson Cavani to Man United. Four, one. three, maybe. That that's the biggest panic buy I've ever seen. One, in my I agree. Life. I definitely agree. Did you there. see the statistic that so they've finally replaced Lukaku seventeen months after selling him? The geezer's thirty-three years old. He's on two hundred grand a week. They looked at last season. Edison Cavani hasn't played football professionally or at competitive level for seven months. In the last um, two, in last season, Cavani scored seven goals compared to Lukaku's thirty-nine. Ridiculous! Uh, it's the biggest panic buy ever. So it's, for a free signing, it's not bad. But I'm not being funny for the caliber of player. No, for a free, but it's not bad. But I think it's a panic buy. So not getting higher than three. So, they can, so basically, they can lay off Solskjaer for a couple of months. Oh, let's see what Cavani can do. And then when he doesn't do anything, like they're gonna, you know, yeah, Cavani's back, gonna back on him. Yeah. Right. Next is Ruben Loftus-Cheek on a loan from Chelsea to Fulham. Nine. Eight. Nine. Luke. Nine. What a eight! What a signing for Fulham. Yeah, I agree. They need that midfield prowess in midfield, that power, that that strength, that you know. That and for me, Loftus Cheek looks across as like a leader in the midfield, and I think he'll do a very, very good job at Fulham. 
I think he's a very good signing for us. Yeah, for Fulham. I've previously said it. I don't think Loftus Cheek is good enough to play for Chelsea, but it makes it very much, very much good enough to play for Fulham. Um, (laughs) Sticking with Fulham, uh, Ariola on a one-year loan. Good, good experience. Good goalkeeper. What range? Seven. Uh, yeah, steady seven, but that good goalkeeper. But Rodak deserved his opportunity this year. Let's be honest, there was nothing wrong with our goalkeeper, and Rodak's sort of just been thrown to the to the sidelines, and a lot of fans are unhappy. But let's be honest, Ariola, he's, he's done okay in the few games he's played, so it's not it's not a bad signing. Okay, uh, another Fulham one, Tete. Oh, that's a nine. He's a right back, right? Yeah, he's he's the best right back I've seen play for Fulham since probably Sasha Rita. Okay. Um, and that includes Ryan Fredericks. And Ryan Fredericks was superb for Fulham. Right, last thing we're going to talk about. I'm going to ask both of you for your honest opinion. So we'll start with Scott. Who has been the best and the worst signing of this season transfer window. You want the worst signing after four games? Uh, best signing, James Rodriguez. Yeah. Worst signing, I don't know, Joel Veltman. He hasn't even played for Brighton in the Premier League yet, has he? I don't think so, no. Luke? Oh, I don't want to sound too biased, but for me, the, the way we brought Thiago... Like that's okay. just that's just an incredible signing. Four million over five, like five million over four years. Like, what's a signing for a world class midfielder? Worst signing. I mean, I'm just gonna go with Cavani. I I, I, I can't. I can't. I mean, he might prove me wrong. I don't know, but just Man United. Like, they just make me laugh as a club at the moment. Um, yeah, that's me. And just before we go, I do this to everyone, or uh, who's new, the. the to the restart of the podcast. Top goal scorer this year. And you're not allowed to say why. Just who's it going to be? Harry Kane. Harry Kane. Okay. Thank you for watching this very, very long episode. Uh, the fifth episode of the From the Sidelines podcast. Once again, thank you very much, Scott. You know, so can I just... You're welcome. Camino's going to be top goal scorer. Just All right. Scott. <laughs> thank you very much, Scott, for being here once again. Um... And Luke, thank you very much. I do want to say, uh, before we go, Luke is starting his own podcast very, very soon. Yeah. Um, I will promote it when it comes out. So be ready, be there. And one more thing. Um, There was no gaming video this week as I'm sorting something out, uh, a bigger video for next week. But yeah, that's it. Thank you very much for watching. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Luke. Thank you, George. You're welcome. And we'll see you in the next one.